the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Gotta love it. The man himself, Chuck Berry, kicking off the hour. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler here on News Talk 710 KNUS. As it is time now for... Hour number two. You know, there are so many great covers of this tune, by the way. Run, Rudolph, run. There's a great live one by Brian Adams. I love Kelly Clarkson's version. Jimmy Buffett has a tremendous one. I mean, it is just such a great song. Run, Rudolph, run by the great late Chuck Berry, one of those pioneers of rock and roll. Good to be with you this morning. News Talk 710 KNUS. You know, yesterday I was listening to some of the show when George was, of course, hosting. And he spent a good chunk of time talking about the problem of homelessness, which is seemingly growing exponentially. Like, we are seeing much more of a problem in communities all over the Denver metro area and outside of the Denver metro area increasingly as well. Now, a lot of this could be attributed to policies that have gone on in Denver. There was some discussion of that yesterday. But what are you to do about the many homeless individuals and families in our communities? And in particular, what about this concern which has been expressed lately by Aurora Mayor Mike Kaufman of homeless individuals who were being allegedly transported from Douglas County into Aurora or other places and why that is the case. Well, let's talk about that and more with the mayor of Aurora himself, Mike Kaufman, who joins me now here on 710 KNUS. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. How are you? Hey, good morning, uh, Jimmy. Great to be with you. Great to have you, as always. Really appreciate you taking the time, especially on an issue that clearly has become very important to you over the past few years. Of course, we remember a couple years back when you spent a week or so during this holiday season that's coming up um, with Christmas and New Year's with homeless in Denver and the homeless communities learning more about what was going on there. Before we get into the transportation of homeless individuals from Doug Coward between other counties and municipalities, what can you just kind of tell us, big picture, when you did have that experience of staying with homeless camps and so forth, what you learned from that experience? Sure. This was uh, the end of... uh uh, 2020 into early uh, 2021, uh, where the if you were in a shelter, you had to wear a mask. So between the mask and the wool cap, <laughs> my old uh, <laughs> fatigues, I was a homeless veteran uh, in disguise. But it was uh, an incredible experience. I think I think the big takeaway is how disingenuous uh, some of these uh, advocates are for the homeless in terms of describing their plight. And they would say, for instance, people stay in encampments, stay in encampments, and don't go to shelters. 
uh, and these are two different universes, shelter population and encampment population, and, and the two rarely ever mix. But, but, but they would say that they're not going to go to the shelters because, oh, they're concerned about their, their health in, in, you know, during a pandemic in a congregate environment in a shelter. They're concerned about having their few possessions stolen, and they're concerned about their safety, none of which was true. Um, that, that, that I found the, the shelters versus I, I found the shelters safe, the encampment is not safe. I uh, I never got anything stolen in a shelter. I got almost everything stolen staying in the encampments, um, and uh, they never adhered to any <coughs> excuse me of these public health protocols uh, in the encampments where where they were pretty strict uh, in in shelters. And so they they lead us down this path, and also they lead us down this path that that the problem with people in the shelters is born from economic circumstances, and that's simply not true. That that these are that this is a Unfortunately, um, and there there is some mental illness, but it's it's exaggerated. This is really a drug crisis. This is really this is about uh, people driven through addi- by addiction and, and uh, crystal methamphetamine and, and now fentanyl, and uh, a lot of property crime, a lot of crime associated with these encampments. Uh, this, this is this is a very tough problem, but until we define it uh, for what it is, I don't know how we find a solution. So, Mayor Kaufman, can you describe the shelter community? Is that more consisting of families? I mean, what's the demographic from your experience, and what also is the the drive or the the driving reason for why people are in the shelter community? Just to really put a pin on on that point to distinguish from what your observation is about encampments. Well, it's mostly uh, single men, and uh, there are we have uh, other partners of nonprofit in agencies that that deal with uh, homeless families that that's those circumstances are very different and tend to be economic but uh, what I found that was interesting is I found three different categories in the shelters Uh, the first was people with a a small category at the top that I'll call the truly mentally ill and I obviously I'm not a mental health professional but I think it's probably more schizophrenia than anything else and and you can't force them to take drugs if they're if they're not uh, a, a an impending threat to themselves or someone else, uh, and so that. But they, but, but they, can navigate the the system to to get some resources in shelters and and what I call the big middle and <laughs> those people, <laughs> excuse me, that are chronically homeless, and uh, usually uh, in shelters there's probably more alcohol than drugs, um, but they they tend to not be moving on. But there was a third here at the bottom, and people people that were displaced. For economic reasons, and we're using the shelter system to get back on their feet. Uh, we're uh, during the day we'd go out and find work. Uh, again, saving money to, to to get back on their feet and get their own place, and you know, rent, be able to rent an apartment or, or uh, rent some place of their own. And so uh, they were very resilient. Uh, that third category, you didn't see that third category on the street. Um, the, the street, it was just an incredible drug use, uh, very dark uh, life. Aurora Mayor Mike Kaufman joining us this morning. Uh, Mr. Mayor, one other question. You went to a Dallas recently with others um, who are on the, in this case, on the Aurora City Council and to learn how they were managing things and what, what's going on in some other cities. What have you learned as far as, say, treatment first, this one concept of treatment first versus housing first? So um, probably the uh, the two biggest um, ideological, there's a very big ideological divide 
in how we you know look at this issue. And so housing first would be be the probably um, on the left, quite frankly, uh, would be really which is dominant in America. This philosophy is dominant in America. It says that housing is so basic to the human condition that if you resolve for housing. Not through any uh, temporary housing, but through permanent housing, what they call permanent supportive housing, by giving people an apartment for a couple of years, which they do in, is actually Houston, not Dallas, fourth largest city in That's America. Right. They spend a hundred million dollars a year uh, on homelessness, giving people free apartments essentially for a two-year period without any requirements uh, placed on them. The the notion that they'll change their behavior, and they claim it's very successful because of because they look at. Who, uh, who they give an apartment to, and then after the two-year period, who from that population, who applies for services uh, after that. And so they, they claim that the percentage is very low, and so they claim that's their success rate. But then I would ask them, i say, okay, if you say you have case management, tell me what these people are doing after six months. Uh, who, who went to addiction recovery? Who went to job training? Who actually got a job? And tell me, give me a snapshot, six months, 12 months, 18 months to, after two years. And they said, well, why do you want to know? <laughs> I just can't believe it. And so they weren't transparent. They wouldn't uh, release that information to me. So I think, I, to me, that program is, is suspect. Uh, I, went to, um, I went to San Antonio after that to um, um, Haven for Hope uh, is, a, is a program there, which has a campus-like setting. Um, and so where all the services and the partners are there, uh, for uh, San Antonio in, in one location. And then uh, Colorado Springs, actually, the rescue mission in Colorado Springs kind of mirrors that um, uh, approach in San Antonio, but, but a little bit more conservative twist under work first model uh, that essentially says, you know, the, the goal has to get people to work. Uh, and so they have a campus there with three different parts, uh, all intentionally uh, positioned with each other where you have the emergency shelter part, people just walking off the street, not participating in any programs, you know, oatmeal for breakfast, sack lunch uh, uh, um, for lunch, obviously. And then, um, but they can see the people in the next uh, part that are participating in mental health care, participating in addiction recovery, participating in job training, that have better circumstances. And then those people can see people in the third part of this campus where people that are working and in transitional housing that have uh, better, more private circumstances mm-hmm. in terms of their living situation. And so i looking at really replicating that, the Colorado Springs model in the city of Aurora. And, uh, um, and we have a fabulous ready-to-work program, but it doesn't have the emergency housing component. But people that truly want to change their behavior, and that's where you have to concentrate the resources. Uh, not on everybody equally, but the people that actually want to change their behavior, want yeah. to get sober, Want to you know get that job training and want to want to get want to go to work and, and be a productive member of society. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you clarified about Houston. I got it mixed up a little bit because in Houston <laughs> you have that housing first model, and right. in Dallas mm-hmm. you have that treatment first model. Again, we're talking okay. with Aurora Mayor Mike Kaufman mm-hmm. and. There has been a controversy brewed over the last couple of weeks because of of your remarks, Mr. Mayor, about Douglas County and the movement of homeless individuals into Aurora from Dugco. 
and you were going to take some actions in terms of a resolution before the Aurora City Council. You decided not to put that forward after further discussion with Douglas County officials. What can you tell us is going on there? Bring us up to speed on what your concerns are and how they may or may not be alleviated right now in terms of figuring out what to do and so forth. Well, here's my hope. I mean, I, I think that uh, we'll reach an accommodation with, with Douglas County, but uh, and, and I'm having ongoing conversations with the county commissioners. But th- th- there, I think, if, my concern is uh, that there ought to be a statewide solution, and, and, it, and it ought to say that no jurisdiction, no local government, can transport their um, homeless population to another uh, jurisdiction uh, using public resources without the consent of that local government or jurisdiction. And, and I think that's as we go forward, that's, that's important. And unfortunately, this problem uh, seems to be growing. And, uh, you know, obviously I hope that uh, our approach uh, is going to help, um, uh, you know, find a solution uh, to, to all of this. Um, because I mean, let me tell you, I, again, I think that this is not an economic issue. That if you look back, look back at the Great Recession, 2008, 2009, you didn't have these, and that was an incredible economic downturn, and yet you didn't have the homeless encampments like you do today. So, um, but, uh, but I am concerned that, that this practice could uh, spread to other areas of the, of the state, and I, think, I don't think it's appropriate. Uh, now, one question, this came up uh, yesterday when George was talking with listeners about uh, the, the problem of homelessness that we're facing in our communities. What if a homeless individual that is, say, in Douglas County is from another community, like they can demonstrate that they came from Aurora or they came from Denver? And maybe one of the reasons they went to Douglas County is because there aren't too many other homeless individuals there in the county. And so they decided it might be a better place for them to go in terms of what you're suggesting about moving, uh, having this community giving permission, the community they would want to send to homeless individuals to, say, from Douglas County to Aurora, Aurora giving permission. What if the individual that they identify is from Aurora? You know, I think that you could have um, nonprofit organizations work with other nonprofit organizations, but if the, if the intent, um, and let me tell you, we, uh, we ask people when they, when they come to this city, uh, we screen them and, and we ask, you know, where are you from? Uh, but we provide services for everybody that, that that comes here, and so surely you do have some. I mean, we do have a family reunification program, uh, and sometimes it's it's out of state where someone uh, where we can connect that person to a, a, a family member that will take them and sure that that and, and provide transportation for them to get there. Um, that's a policy for some of the nonprofits uh, working in this city, uh, but I, I think that the question is is does it what is the intent? And, and if the the intent is just that you're not going to that you have no intention of providing services uh, for these people, and you simply want to unload them somewhere else, and you create a fiction uh, uh, for doing so that, that that's where they're from, uh, you know, is that appropriate? And I, and I think that um, it, it's it's not. Um, as Douglas County becomes more of an urban county, they're going to have more urban problems, and so. Uh, but we're going to work with them and find a way how to deal with this. Yeah. Do you expect a a, a fruitful, collaborative approach with the county now that you've put this issue out there and seem to be having more discussions vis-a-vis the sheriff, the commissioners, and so forth? Well, ultimately, I think we can work out uh, an intergovernmental agreement, and that's what we're in discussions for right now. 
because uh, I think what, um, what what the governor has said before is that he would like a regional uh, center um, on the uh, west side of the Denver metropolitan area and one on the east side of the Denver metropolitan area. <clears throat> so um, we will provide uh, an application to the state uh, for monies from this ARPA program, uh, what is it, uh, American Recovery Plan Act, uh, that program that, that as the economy was improving on its own, that they decided to shower <laughs> the, the, you know, um, country with uh, local governments and state governments with with money uh, that inflated the economy. Uh, but that's another discussion for another time. Sure. Uh, <laughs> let me just say that uh, so um, the, we're, we're applying for the for the state. But let me tell you, we will take We're going to take a conservative work first approach. And if the state doesn't want to fund that uh, for a regional center under my terms here in Aurora, they can just put it somewhere else. But uh, we're not going to do more of the same uh, for the homeless situation because that hasn't, we mm-hmm. know that that doesn't work. And so Aurora is going under a very different path than certainly Denver is going when it comes to addressing the homeless issue as other jurisdictions uh, mm-hmm. have gone. Uh, so our path is going to be very different. I think Colorado Springs is a good model for how to deal with this issue. Uh, just just very quickly, uh, because I know you got to go, Aurora Mayor Mike Kaufman, uh, just can you sum up what you believe? I know you've touched on it, you've st- but just very clearly, what is the Aurora approach as you envision it? Well, the Aurora approach is going to be a work-first uh, approach, and that doesn't mean that uh, – and let me define this. So we yes. have a program right now in the city of Aurora that I think is very successful – run by a nonprofit organization called the Bridge House. And, um, it, and it's called, and their um, iteration or their program in the city of Aurora is called Ready to Work, which we support as a city. Uh, and it's on the vicinity of, it's an office building on the vicinity of Parker in, in um, Peoria. And the city of Aurora is an office building that was converted uh, for this purpose, where they took the offices and made them uh, dorm room, made them, you know, living quarters, uh, where we took the conference rooms, made them classrooms. And so people that want to change their behavior come into this program. Uh, they, we help them get sober, but they have to commit to being sober. Uh, they start work from day one. They start work from day one. Uh, they can certainly participate in, in um, work training programs, but the, but the emphasis is on work. And what they do then is, is they, they pay for uh, some of the services that they get, but they also money is set aside from the from the money that they earn through working and some of the jobs are with the city of Aurora, like our parks department, things like that, and that um, is set aside for them. That as they move through the program, that they will have money to be able to rent a place to to make that deposit to do that first month's rent, uh, and then and then have the job skills necessary for them uh, to to work and support themselves. And, mm-hmm. and this is, I think, this is the right approach to go. Whereas if you take the housing first model, it says. No, we just <clears throat> we just have to give them an apartment with no requirements uh, on them, and, and somehow they will change their behavior uh, by by giving them <clears throat> their own apartment, you know, for a fairly lengthy period mm-hmm. of time. And I just I just very much disagree with that approach. You know, one thing I have to say as we let you go, Mayor Mike Kaufman, is that I appreciate the city of Aurora is really not only taking this issue seriously, 
but you're doing a lot of legwork. You yourself, of course, um, uh, staying with homeless individuals back in 2020, 2021. Um, we're coming up on the two-year anniversary of that experience for you. And also visiting places like Houston and San Antonio and going down to Colorado Springs. That due diligence is crucial for a crisis situation like this. And so I'm sure many appreciate that in the collaborative discussions that are going on because it must be addressed one way or the other. You've been very generous with your time this morning, Mayor Kaufman. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it, as always, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you. Once again, Aurora Mayor Mike Kaufman joining us here on the show. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. We're going to take a break. When we come back, what's your reaction to that conversation? 303-696-1971. What did you take away from it? Do you think that Aurora is on the ball in terms of really addressing this. I liked the work first approach that they are taking, but is that enough? What about the issue of cross municipal or cross county transportation of the homeless? Mayor Kaufman would like the state legislature to change the law so that local governments cannot ship homeless individuals to another jurisdiction without that community's permission. A great article summarizing this in the Denver Gazette a couple days ago by reporter Jessica Gibbs. What about that? What about his take on that? 303-696-1971. You can also text into the show on the 710 KNUS app on your smartphone. Once again, Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. Let's take a break here on Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710 KNUS. Welcome back. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler here on News Talk 710-KNUS. Good to be with you. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number if you'd like to join into the festivities. So we just had Aurora Mayor Mike Kaufman on the program. That was a really good discussion. One thing that I appreciate about Kaufman especially, but also the Aurora City Council, broadly speaking, is that he and they are really doing their homework a lot more than a lot of folks might do. I mean, Kaufman spent a week in 2020-2021 with the homeless, experiencing shelter life and encampment life, and really learned a lot, and you can tell it that he did whenever he talks about that experience. He's visited, along with members of the Aurora City Council, Houston, to see their housing first approach. San Antonio, been down to Colorado Springs to see how they handle things, and more. And that kind of due diligence is something that I think is essential, not just for an issue like this, but in general. When it comes to you know, homelessness or other issues, to really do that kind of homework and to show people that you are doing that homework and you have a unique understanding that you can bring. Now, one of the things I found interesting is Mayor Kaufman really talked about this emphasis on work. 
work as being a fundamental piece of the solution to homelessness, to get people working. It can focus their lives. It can give them a, a new opportunities to improve themselves, to eventually get and afford their own housing. And the list goes on about opportunities that come from working. And I just found this so consistent. So I interned for then Congressman Mike Kaufman during his first term in Congress in the summer of 2010. I was a student at Regis University. And it was a great experience. I was not in D.C. I was in his district office. So that was at the time in Lone Tree, actually. Douglas County was part of the 6th Congressional District at the time. And I remember being assigned, and I don't know if they published it or what ended up happening. I can't recall. But I remember being assigned to ghostwrite an op-ed something that I had the opportunity to do for the congressman's office as far as the projects that I was tasked to do. Because you're not in D.C., have a different set of things that you do. And I remember this op-ed was about welfare reform in the 1990s. And I don't know if it was an anniversary that was being marked or something, but that was the subject I was asked to write about, and that's what I wrote about, the success of the work requirements of welfare reform. So I can tell you that one of the things that actually has been very consistent about Mike Kaufman for the last, what, that's probably 14 years at least since he was first elected to Congress, is that he has always prioritized the idea that we need to get people to work so that they can be self-sufficient. And that's something I appreciate, and I've always appreciated, because that is crucial, isn't it? To being able to improve your own life, you need to get a job, to work, to provide for yourself and your family. Otherwise, that long-term prosperity, or at the very least, the opportunity to somewhat thrive in your life and not just live it is going to be out of reach. So that was one thing that really stood out to me. What do you think about his comments, especially this notion of moving people from one county to the other, where he would like to see a Colorado law put in place that local governments cannot move a homeless individual from one area to the other without that destination community giving permission. And I asked Mayor Kaufman about uh, what about if they're originally from another jurisdiction? So let's say they come from Aurora to Douglas County, and then Douglas County says, we're going to move you back into Aurora. How about that scenario? And I think this is one thing that would need a, a, a bit more thought in that regard. But he made the point about sort of a, a fiction. What's the intent and and the, the notion of determining where that person originally came from? And I do think it may be a little more complicated than you think, especially if these individuals are transients, uh, transient in nature in that they're moving from place to place. And the last place they were in was Aurora. And then they go into Douglas County, and Doug Coe said, oh, you were just in Aurora, so we're going to send you to Aurora. 
I'm just spitballing a scenario here. But I, I do think that he did raise an important point that maybe there's a little bit more to it than just, oh, we can ascertain easily where this person came from. And then, of course, you have the legal issues of how do you transport them under what basis do you bring them to another community, so on and so forth. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. You can text into the show as well if you'd like to do that method. Uh, Bill, I wanted to get your reaction for a moment on this interview with Mayor Kaufman because we were talking about it during the break. And I think we hit on something important that there's a lot of value in actually going and showing up someplace and doing that kind of diligent homework in the way Mayor Kaufman has done that maybe you should have done more of as a, as a member of Congress. We should see others do in government as well. Yeah, there's there's something that I've talked with George um, the, behind the scenes for a number of months, and it's a, something I go back to in my core learning in journalism in college. And it's something that I think that journalists miss, and I think that Mayor Kaufman has identified very keenly. And the story, the, the basic premise is this. If you are a journalist in school, they said, okay, outside the door to your room right now, right outside that door of my shoulder, if you're looking on YouTube, outside that door, one, group of pe- one person or one group of people tells you there's a wild pack of bears that is running rampant and trying to attack everybody. And then another group says, no, 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 outside that door is actually a wild mob, and they have pitchforks and torches, and they're calling for blood. And then, and so you have the two stories. Now, as a journalist, it is your responsibility to walk out that door and look. Right. That's journalism. I've heard you say this, yeah. too. It's not talking about both sides. It's going and looking, and that's why I appreciate Mayor Kaufman. He heard stories from both sides about what was going on on the streets. And then he went and looked. That's the issue. People wonder on the left, why are we mad that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris haven't gone down to the border? Because they haven't taken the time to look. That's where I appreciate Kaufman. He heard the stories, and then he went and looked. And I wish we would have more people in power. I wish we would have more people that would pretend that they're journalists, Mm -hmm. understand that core principle. That's how you do the work. Now, of course personal experience will only show you so much because that's the vision of what do you notice but that can help you to get a better lens to assess the data or to assess what organizations are providing exactly it'll give you context and i think that that's utterly lacking among elected officials at all levels of government they're not actually doing the work i love that you brought up biden and harris never going to the southern border to actually survey the situation on the ground that actually is kind of important yes do some republicans go to the border so they can have a publicity stunt and say i'm at the border and this is all messed up yes But even if they're doing that, or if they are sincere, they are actually getting the opportunity to learn what's happening on the ground, providing additional context for the data, for the testimony that's offered before Congress. So in Mike Kaufman's case, when you have a homeless support organization that comes and testifies before the city council, and he's sitting there, he knows more questions that he can ask to better assess the situation from what's being presented in the testimony. Yeah, I was told early on in my radio career to never 
ever trust a manager that can't do your job because that's a manager that will not know how to manage you. And that's kind of what I see with too many of our elected officials at times. They spend a lot of time reading papers and going to meetings and right. talking to people rather than getting the fingernails dirty. Uh, there's a popular program, Mike Rowe, Dirty Jobs. Mm-hmm. He goes out and does the dirty job. And that's what I would like to see. And now, I'm not saying that every member of Congress, in order to look at either the border or to look at the homeless issue, needs to pretend to be homeless or an illegal immigrant for a while. But at least go down and talk to the people that are getting their fingernails dirty. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I will throw rocks at the Biden administration for over and over again and going back to the border is they're ignoring the information they are getting from the customs officials they're ignoring in my opinion that information Mm -hmm. that is valuable information why they are not having monthly you know or at least bi-monthly meetings with them and say what do you see how can we help and figure out what are the people that are getting their fingernails dirty what do they see trust Mm -hmm. them because they're doing the work Right. Hey, it's well said. Alexa texting in, in part, saying Colorado cities need to look at other cities which have reduced the homeless problem without throwing more money at it. Are there any successful government programs which eventually reduce spending? I think that's something Kaufman was really getting at and looking at what Colorado Springs is doing, I think, in terms of the city working in partnership with some of the homeless support organizations. He mentioned the Bridge House down in Colorado Springs is one particular example. And that's the kind of mindset you need to have. What's working, what works efficiently, what saves taxpayers money, and what actually helps the people who need to be helped as opposed to let's just throw money at the problem and see what sticks. And it's just like uh, the Bridge House. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, a friend of the show and sponsor, Step Denver. What are the things that Mike Kaufman talked about with the Bridge House working? Oh, oddly enough, two things. He talked about one being sobriety. Two being work. Those were the two things that he hung his hat on. Yes. Wow. We have a program here that has some really, really solid success by doing those two things. Hmm. Maybe we can learn something from that. But we're talking about government. I, I'm not, I'm not going to hold my breath to think that they're going to learn anything. Yeah. At least there are some who seem to be learning. You see, this is the thing about the local yeah. level, Billy, is that you actually have an opportunity to interface with officials for them to be sort of pushed into the position where they either have to do a little bit more homework when a real significant issue comes up or they decide it's best for them and for their community. They decide to take that kind of initiative. It's a different dynamic locally than what you can get from, say, something statewide or national. Final thought. You're absolutely right. And that's one of the things that I appreciate Mike Kaufman and what he's been able to do as your Aurora mayor. I have to be perfectly honest. When I first saw Mike Kaufman running for Aurora mayor, I'm like, oh, I'm so sad. Because I'm like, oh, he he has, I I felt, you know, he still had some time in Washington. He still had the ability to do other things. And then I'm like, oh, but he's going to be the mayor. And in all honesty, my first impression was, well, that's going to be a filler. He's going to be there, and he's going to you know, cut ribbons and kiss babies and show up at grand openings, and he'll do the performative aspects. He has shocked me with how much of the detail-oriented work he has done. I am so proud of what he's been able to do in the city. It mm. has been remarkable, and I wish we would have more mayors that were that nuts and bolts at times yeah. because I think we have some other m- mayors that – 
um, that, that are more about the performative side of things um, and doing well, you know the publicity work than doing the harder. And work. what's interesting is the mayor technically doesn't have power in Aurora, yeah, but he's able to sort of throw his weight around in these positive and influential ways. And I, I think that comes from the fact that he was in Congress for so long. He was in the state legislature earlier on. He'd been Secretary of State and Treasurer for Colorado. He's done almost every position that you can yeah. imagine. Uh, in state and national government, pretty much, and um, elected position. And when you are somebody like that and you go into the mayoral position where you don't really have direct power, you want to be involved in the nuts and bolts as much as possible. You don't want to just sit back and bask in the, the whatever supposed glow you might get. You actually want to be hands-on because that's what you're used to and that's the mindset you bring. And that's definitely what Mike Kaufman has always done. Um, that's where I, I thought early on it was interesting for him to decide to go to become mayor, to run for mayor, because – I know he is somebody who wants to do things as opposed to to get things done as opposed to just being someone who gets the PR. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. We're going to keep the discussion going. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. We've got a a long text that came in that I think looks like a good one. We will jump on to 710KNUS app on your smartphone at 303-696-1971. Again, our telephone number. Jimmy and for George on News Talk 710KNUS. This is apropos... Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones bringing us back as we talk about homelessness. And we spoke earlier with Aurora Mayor Mike Kaufman about it and got some really good insights in that conversation. If you missed it, check out the podcast. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler right here on News Talk 710 KNUS. What to do with their homeless issues. It's still a crime vagrancy. Most homeless use drugs of all sorts. And based on data out of Douglas, about 75 percent have a home. By the way, I just asked the listener if he had a source for this. I'm going to need to check in on this again. But he said Kevin Duffy, chief at D.C. at the D.C.S.O. has been keeping data. And I think he said this at. The last hearing. We're going to check on that. I want to see if I can confirm that because I heard it mentioned yesterday on the show when George was hosting. And I'm not sure I need to see that for myself because that's that's hard for me to think you can really track and ascertain. Maybe you could say that about, say, panhandlers, but how you would even determine that number. I don't I don't know. But. The listener whose text goes on, they just come here to beg and then go back home. Legalized weed also played a huge role in changing our landscape, so there is that. So I think there are some true points here. I'm going to check into the data um, and, and whether that's panhandlers or the homeless themselves. But in terms of drugs, that definitely we heard Mayor Kaufman talk about how drugs are a driving issue, especially for those who live in the encampments, who sort of... Uh, end up on the streets more consistently that is 
uh, one one big driving reason, the biggest, he would say and did say before uh, in terms of vagrancy. I mean, there are people who end up down on their luck who are in these sorts of positions. And I don't know that you can simply just throw the book, throw the criminal law at somebody and say, we're simply going to arrest you because you are homeless. I think you got to be a little more cautious in that regard. Uh, but I do think you got a point here. When you say, I don't think another law needs to be enacted to tell counties, cities, et cetera, what to do with homeless issues. Work it out among communities. Figure out solutions that you can work with together. It is an important issue. It's not going anywhere, nor are we. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. Hour number three is up ahead in the fourth hour. Nine o'clock hour, we'll be joined by two Iranian Americans came here from Iran in the past several decades. We're going to get a real good perspective on what's happening in Iran with their protests now. Jimmy and for George. Keep it right here. 710 KNUS. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.